every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, the Zone. Time for a little what's going on. Check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. You want to start off uh, talking a little college football, Gordon? Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, during DJ and PK's show, uh, Utah football had media availability, and uh, we thought we'd hear uh, highlights from all three people made available today. Uh, Coach Witt, Coach Harding, and Charlie Brewer. We're all on, and we played uh, some snippets from all three. Here we go. Okay, heading into our last week of spring ball. Uh, it's been a good, uh, productive uh, spring session so far. We've got uh, fairly physical padded practice today. Uh, no padded practice on Thursday, and then we culminate with the uh, spring game on Saturday. Looking forward to getting back in the stadium with uh, at least some fans. Uh, I think we're capped at 6,500 or 7,000 right there, right uh, in that neighborhood. So uh, it'll be uh, good to get in front of fans again. Like I said, I haven't been in front of fans since uh, what the season of 19. So uh, it's been, uh, like I said, a lot, a lot of good things have transpired uh, this spring. A lot of players uh, have gotten uh, much better, which is the objective. I mean, you hope you would hope that would happen, and, and it did. Uh, we have identified some some uh, strengths of the team and things that uh, need to continue to be uh, addressed. So that's where we're at, and uh, we're going to make the most of these last three and uh, the spring game. And hopefully, everyone gets a, a good flavor of uh, what we're all about when you when you're able to watch the spring game on Saturday. Questions. First question will come from Trevor Allen, KSLSports.com, followed by Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good morning. Um, have, have you already gone through guys that, that you're going to hold out during the, the spring game? Yes, uh, preliminarily. We still haven't finalized that. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in practice today and Thursday. Thing, you know, somebody tweaks an ankle or something that could change. Uh, what our thought process is, but, but uh, yeah, we've already got a start on that. And, uh, you know, we don't have anything to announce today because uh, like I said, it's not finalized and, and that will be finalized uh, by Thursday and, and we'll proceed from there. And then to follow up on that, have, have, uh, you, you've already said Bernard's the, the number one running back. Has Chris Curry or TJ Pledger made any progress towards getting that, that number one spot or maybe even made a, a push for that number two spot? They, they have definitely closed the gap. Uh, Makai has continued to, to perform exceptionally well this spring, though, and so he's, he's uh, still the number one tailback. But both Chris and TJ have, have shown a lot of uh, progress, and really uh, what they needed to do is feel comfortable with their assignments and, and uh, their uh, role in the offense, and, and they're starting to do that now and, and really settle in, and they're going to be contributors as well. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, through fall camp. Uh, whether or not we're going to have uh, one tailback at the majority of the reps or, or by committee, we'll see what happens. And that, that uh, you know, it's a good problem to have right now. we got uh, those three guys that we think are all very capable. Hey, Coach. Uh, 
just interested to know what went into the shuffling of the offensive line and, and what it was that landed Nick Ford there at the center position eventually. Yeah, it's a um, great question. I, I think really uh, Nick has an extremely high football IQ. Uh, he does a very good job of, of uh, communicating up front. Uh, you know, we had a couple younger players last year and he's a really calming uh, presence on the, on the sidelines, but uh, you know, he came in, he, he's played obviously a number of different positions. So that's lent to the uh, ability to, you know, know uh, the calls and things like that, but he's really done a nice job uh, executing the, the center quarterback exchange as well as uh, again, the football IQ just, it, I think it's a natural fit for him. And just kind of to follow up on that, was there, a pretty lengthy conversation to have him come back for another year because I, I do know that he's a, a draftable level offensive lineman or is that all his decision? How does that conversation go? Yeah, so uh, there was discussion between him and his parents in terms of what was best for him. Uh, we sat down, Coach Sharif Shaw recruited him from uh, San Pedro, uh, myself and Coach Whittingham. We had a Zoom call, uh, it was over Christmas break and just said, here's why we think you should come back and gave him the, uh, you know, our opinion. Uh, he went back and sat down with his parents and, and obviously chose to come back, which we're extremely excited about. And, and we just think he can continue to improve his draft stock as, uh, as the season plays out. Yeah, Nick came in here just a little bit ago and said that uh, one of the reasons he came back was this team feels kind of similar to that 2018 team, which was one that uh, obviously, you know, was contending for the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm sure when you were at Baylor, you guys were looking at Utah a little bit, knowing that you guys were in a very similar situation and you were able to do, you know, well there. What, what can you kind of um, get from that season, specifically since 2019 was cut short with COVID and everything, but what can you get from that and how do you feel like you can kind of assimilate back to the 2018 season for you and Utah? Yeah, I, I do remember, um, I think Utah was like five, we were six or something like that. Um, but, I, you know, I think just a season where you have a lot of success, um, you know, a lot of things go into that. You know, you got you to play well week to week. You can't, you can't slip up. Um, you know, and I think when you have an older group of guys that have played a lot of football, that that makes it easier it makes it easier to, you know, make sure that doesn't happen. Um, so I think, you know, I think we got the guys to do it. Um, you know, it's just now it's just about the little things that go into it. And I definitely see, you know, the potential. Hey, Charlie. Um, I was just curious where, like what you see in this Utah program um, comparison to the Sugar Bowl team that you were a part of at Baylor. You know, I, I mean, every place is, has its own ways a little bit. It's each place is, you know, different. Um, but I, but there are, you know, a lot of similarities I feel, um, not completely the same, but I, I see a lot of similarities, you know, there's, you know, a lot of talent on this team. Um, I will say that there's a ton of talent on, on this team. And, um, you know, I always said that uh, Coach Whittingham has his similarities to Coach Rule. Um, so I guess that's a similarity in that way. All right, Gordon, there you go. A little uh, sampling from this morning's media availability for the Utes. Coach Witt, Coach Harding, and Charlie Brewer. Um, what stands out to you? 
Uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> All right, on to Hanson Scott. No, 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 no. I just, you know, I mean, what, there was nothing really that really slapped me upside the head in listening to that. Uh, Charlie Brewer is establishing himself as a leader on that team and as the guy who's going to be the signal caller. That's that's uh, That looks, uh, if not absolutely certain, uh, pretty determined. But uh, we shall see as it goes on. But uh, Nick Ford's a talented football player, and I can understand why they would want him at the center position, you know. I think the number one thing that stood out to me from from all three of those guys, and I thought there was a, a bunch of interesting stuff, but uh, Charlie Brewer at the end there comparing the talent that he sees on this youth football team to the talent that he had at Baylor when they made it to the Sugar Bowl, I, I thought that was really compelling. That's a, that's quite the compliment coming from him well, uh, what's going he to his teammates. To say, Jake? I mean, what's he supposed to say when he's asked that question? No, nah, these guys aren't nearly as good. Um. I, I'm not sure, Gordon. You so you you don't think he's being you know, sincere? No, I do. I I think that that didn't grab have, your interest. That you don't think he's no he, no he, yeah, well, no. I thought it was an interesting question, and and uh, his response I think was interesting. Uh, look, uh, uh, Utah's football program has a lot of talent, and uh, that's that's clear. And uh, yeah, I would expect uh, I would expect the talent to be. You know, I don't know whether a quarterback can notice it inside of uh, quite this quick. But maybe he can. I mean, he's pretty dialed into what's going on. So I guess if you want to take him literally, and the fact that you're surprised by my questioning him uh, being absolutely sincere in that regard runs against your normal nature, my friend. Um, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was an interesting answer. I guess it was an interesting question. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised by your stance too, because when uh, when we had our argument whether or not Rudy and Derek Favors could play together, you accused me of calling Dennis Lindsay a liar. So <laughs> I'm I'm honestly uh, a little surprised that was that was your questioning that well, too. So uh, I I just it, think it, it's benign. I mean I I don't know. You can't measure the talent of a past team against the talent of this team, but that guy was on both teams, and I thought had a fairly lucid comment about it. That's all. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that 100%. I, look, I have great respect for the talent the Utes have. They, they have done a fantastic job of uh, identifying that talent and uh, assigning it in, in, in solid roles. And that's why I thought the question about Nick Ford and the shuffling of the offensive line was, was uh, important. But it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, he might be re- – I mean, he's, he's, he's a terrific football player, and he seems like a really smart dude. So I can see why they would want that guy at the center position. Not that the other positions don't require uh, similar talents, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect the talent at Utah to be pretty much the equal of the talent at Baylor, even in that stellar year where Baylor was as good as they were. Let's move on to Hanson. Scotty, they were talking jazz, and uh, how much, uh, how concerned should they be with locking down the number one seed? Mike Conley sat out for rest, load management. They, they want to keep an eye on making sure that, 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 that some of the issues he's dealt with are still, in, are still going to be okay. Um, with that said, do you go all out for that number one seed? Or do you try to 
provide maybe a few more rest days to guys knowing that you could end up with the two seed before it's all said and done? Okay. I'm going to ask, by the way, I'm going to ask David this in about an hour, and I think I know where he's going to go with it because he is all in on that number one seed. Okay. So, Scotty, let's take a, let's take a look at this. That number one seed won't truly affect you until you get to the finals at this point because we don't know how one through eight is going to shake out. And whether you're one or two, we don't know how one through eight is going to shake out. No, you don't. So one only really plays a role when you get to the finals. Mm -hmm. One or two plays the role that you need through the Western Conference. So in your thought process, if you're thinking, oh, they have to have the one seed, what you're saying is they're getting to the finals and the home court will play a role then. If you're thinking one or two, and it really it's just important that you stay in that one or two, if you're thinking that's just one or two, then you're, in your mind you're thinking, let's see this team get to the Western Conference Finals and, and get the best advantage they can get. So I'm not I'm not all in on the one. I'm all in on the, the one or or two. I don't I don't necessarily think I know home court advantage would be fantastic if you got to the finals. I'm not yeah. thinking in terms of the finals. I'm thinking in terms of the Western Conference. And if you're thinking in terms of the Western Conference, you've got the potential to get a similar advantage. Correct? Correct. I'm with you on this. So just don't start tumbling. But if it's at the detriment of minutes and it's at the detriment of pushing players for the sole goal to hold on to number one, I don't know if it's that worth it. Now, I'm kind of an old school mentality of, hey, you get paid to play 72 games this year. So you play your 72 and you keep your mouth shut and play. But I'm also schooled enough to know that the past champions haven't done it that way. Oh, yeah. Going back to probably 2010. Say go back to the Spurs. Spurs were the one to realize, hey, Tim Duncan's getting older. We need Tim Duncan at 100% playing every game in the playoffs. Let's slow him down. And, and probably added three or four years to his career and probably added another title to San Antonio. And that's what you're trying to do for Mike Conley. So I know people, it's very easy for people to say, oh, yes, all in for the one seed. To me, Scotty, strategic rest and roster is more important to me than the Jazz falling a seed. I don't want to see the Jazz completely tumble. But I, I, I'm not afraid of them losing that number one seed. Yeah. Because I'm not worried so much about the finals right now. I'm worried about the Western Conference Championship. Well, but here's the thing. If you do fall to the two, you might get a first-round match. Let's say, you know, you stay at the one, you could get Memphis – 
You could get San Antonio. You could go Golden State. You could get Golden State in that first round, and that's a, those are favorable matchups. You fall to the two, you get Dallas in the first round, and that's I don't know if I want to see Luka in a first-round matchup. Would you rather match up with Golden State or Dallas? Uh, Golden State. I mean, Steph, Steph, but, I mean, Golden State is um, two games under five hundred for a reason. But postseason, Steph. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I would still would rather play Golden State than Dallas. Hmm. I think that's a toss-up for me with Steph Curry in the postseason. I don't want any part of Dallas in the first round of a playoff. No, sir, no, no, no want on that at all. All right, there you go. Hans and Scotty talking about seating and positioning and which opponents that they would uh, prefer. Gordon? Well, Hans kept saying that it only matters if you make it to the finals, and I disagree with that. I, I, I agree with Scotty. I think if, if Hans was concentrating on the Western Conference, well, at least in theory, your path would be easier from one than it would be from two, right? Well, that's got to use Scott. I know it's a bit of a crapshoot in a year where the team, there's a lot of strong teams, but I agree with Scotty. I mean, if I'm the jazz, I I would rather play the Grizzlies or the Spurs or even the Warriors than the, 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 than the, uh, than the Mavericks. I don't, you know, we saw what happened against the Mavericks the other day and I, that's not written in, in, in concrete, but I mean, uh, I, I think the Mavericks are a better team. If the overall premise or the concept of the argument, uh, would I rather have the number one seed or rather have my team healthy going into the playoffs? That's a no-brainer for me. Well, yeah, I mean, but you can you can accomplish both, can't you? Well, I mean, I mean, they were talking. Those guys were talking about the Spurs after after their players were were uh, established as champions. The Jazz have never done that, and so I I don't know. I think there's it's different situations. I understand what you're saying. You don't want your players hurt, and you don't want them wiped out. I, I get that. But the, but the idea is if you rest players and lose games and lose the number one seed, would that be more important than retaining the number one seed? Well, what if you drop to three? You know? Still I more mean, important. Yeah, uh, I... Uh, you don't even know what the matchup is going to be in the I understand first round. that. I understand that. But the path is that's set up this way so that the path for number one is easier. Is that true? Than the path for number two. Uh, it varies sometimes. It depends on what team is hot, and it depends on what the, what the matchups are. So is, it's healthy versus a maybe. Might be. Uh, it might not be. Maybe. Yeah, I'm but taking the healthy. A, yeah, but only if you're going to look at it from a complete either or. Uh, I think both things can be accomplished. And if you're going to argue with me on this, Jake, then your whole point of a devalued regular season is going to flush down the toilet. The devalued when it comes to the playing tournament? Is that what you're talking about? No, as it because comes to the different... regular season, what does it mean? What are they playing for? Well, I've told you that, that I don't think there's a lot of meaning in the regular season in the NBA. I've told you for years that playing for seeding is dumb. Yeah. Well, uh, and that a home court advantage doesn't mean all that much. Don't don't you remember these? these uh, I, I think I think it does mean for a team like the Jazz who have who haven't finished first in the West in twenty some years or whatever it's been. Uh, I think it would carry more meaning than it might also carry more pressure too, <laughs> because the expectation would be there for them to prove what they accomplished. 
But uh, I, I, I don't think it's completely insignificant. Let me say it that way. And I think technically, at least, it's set up so that your path would be easier to get to the Western Conference Final. Maybe. Well, there's always a maybe. but A big one in yeah. this case. It depends. What if the Lakers fall to eight? Then you don't want to be the number one seed, right? Right. What if the Nuggets fall? The Nuggets are in trouble. I mean, that Jamal Murray injury, wow. Well, that's the point. Yeah. That's a maybe. It's not a given. I think finishing first means something. Uh, I, I don't think that's completely insignificant. I don't think it's completely insignificant, but I'll take health any day. If you've got to rest players well, yeah. and you drop some games you shouldn't, then so what? Well, I mean, I think the Jazz can accomplish both. Well, that's a... Okay. All right. Uh, Bowler is coming up next. Stay tuned. We'll uh, we'll run some of this stuff by Bowler. Uh, it is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. So when you get teed up, does that mean you got to be quiet the rest of the game? <laughs> Everyone kept saying, leave him alone, leave him alone. You've already got one. I was like, I'm not leaving him alone because they obviously missed that and it really annoyed me at that time. The best part is that I said to him, I can't wait till you watch it at halftime and you have to come back and tell me that you were wrong. And then he came out at halftime and was like, yeah, my bad. I completely missed that. It cost me 2500 bucks or whatever it costs for a technical foul these days, but I was frustrated. I'd missed all my shots before that. I was like, I'm about to get a nice, easy layup on Ennis. And then he fouled me and cost me twenty five hundred. Good time. <laughs> so I'll take my twenty five hundred and move on. Okay. I got my money's worth though. I definitely got my money's worth. Oh yeah! Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Sports Radio Afternoon Show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is the Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you to get your foursome together and sign up today for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds goes to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and joining us now in studio, he is Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? How are you? I'm great, man. It's good to see you. Great to see you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I get all caught up in my little cave up here and never happen down to see you guys at the broadcast. So you have to come up here uh, to me. I apologize. No, I no, no. More. It's good to get out of the cave. Yeah. I, yeah I, so, so I got questions for both of you guys, uh, and uh, I want you to look at the other guy and tell me, how's he looking? Oh, Buller looks sharp. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, uh, Buller's looking good. Jake looks good. He's got a color yeah. of, you know, the red cap and the, the grayish dark black uh, vest with a, a yellow with a highlight of black on it, a yellow shirt. Yeah. Is he wearing that Walgreens hat? 
No, no, I'm not wearing my Expos hat. No, I'm, oh. I'm wearing an Eastern Shore Yacht and Country Club. Oh, yes. Oh. He's, he, he's a country club guy. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Well, if you knew, Pass the tea. If you knew the Eastern Shore Country Club, it's not much of a... It's a bit of a, a rural country club. They have oh. crab boats tied up outside. That's what goes for, mm. that's what goes for yachts. Uh, but, but, Gordon, I don't know if I'm breaking news to you here, though, but, uh, but Bowler's on television. You can find out how he's looking pretty much... <laughs> What three four nights a week? Yes, uh, lately is, uh, it's like I, I have, coming in waves, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but sometimes people look different in person. That's why I would obviously it was more out of not necessarily concern but care. <laughs> TV is a visual just, medium. When did you start doing TV, boy? Yeah, it's, it's all new. I'm ragged. I'm I'm run ragged. Uh, two games in 24 hours. We're getting used to this, right? I mean, back to backs are a weekly occurrence and. You know, we play an early game Friday at one o'clock. That's a brunch or a late lunch or an early lunch, however you want to look at it. Uh, and then we uh, we don't call. Sadly, the two Laker games, ESPN took those as exclusives. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. They have a contract clause which I wasn't aware of, but they take they can call they can claim two a year, I believe, and so they claimed both, which is kind of odd. But that's why the one o'clock game because Saturday afternoon it's a one thirty uh, Pacific Coast time. And so you've got to have that 24-hour period, hmm. and they've got to travel out after the game and then play the Lakers on Saturday, Monday. Well, so, Jake, ask – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, just going to have you ask Bowler about the either-or question we were just discussing, see what he thinks. Go ahead, Gordon. What do you mean, either-or? All right. So uh, the discussion came up, Bowler, that is the Jazz finishing first in the Western Conference – uh, is that a priority, or is the priority to stay healthy and rested? Hmm. That was the E-or question. Ah. <laughs> Either or. Look, nice. um, you know, tonight you will not have – you'll have Conley back, but you don't have Joe, Royce, or Clarkson. Clarkson's still officially doubtful, doubtful. I think, but yeah. Yeah. let's I'm, be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know – on a back-to-back, and then you've got after today, you got two days before you have to play the the early the early Friday afternoon tip. You know, Gordo, I think honestly they're going to try to do both. I'm not skirting the question, and maybe this is the start of maybe having an opportunity to rest or injury rest management, like they've done with Conley, who took the first game of the back-to-back off instead of taking. Uh, tonight off and playing last night, which could have impacted the outcome of that game. But that's a whole nother discussion. But, you know, I think the one seed is ultra important because as you head down, you know, the stretch run to have that seventh game if needed in a championship round or in the Western Conference Finals, whatever it may be, or, if, you know, if you win the West, you go on to the to, to the big show with, where the Jazz haven't been since 98. So I think both are important, and maybe the Jazz are trying to kind of balance both. It's going to be difficult to do, but I think we'll see more, most likely, Conley injury management, uh, a sore knee from Joe. Uh, I think Royce comes, the rest comes at a really good time for him to step away and take a breath. He looked he looked tired last night. In fact, I think this team is tired. And I know Quinn Snyder said in the post game, listen, the other team's tired too, and everybody's going through it. But talking specifically about the Jazz, they do look gassed. And I I can see why they would pick tonight's game to rest Royce. Oklahoma City is a really young team. Oh, twenty four years. It's amazing. And seven days, I believe, is the uh, average of each of those players, which includes former Jazz man Tony Bradley, who uh, came over from Philadelphia uh, in a trade. So. 
Yeah, this Oklahoma City team is almost unrecognizable from what we used to know of the Thunder. Uh, you know, the days of Westbrook, who's now a wizard, and Harden, who's long gone, and Kevin Durant long gone, Jeff Green long gone. I mean, it's it's really almost it's 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 a rebuild right before our eyes. And Kendrick it's not, Perkins is not walking through that door. No, he's no, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, you know, it's you, you you do your prep, of course, for every game bowler. But I bet it was a little bit. You had to be a little more tedious for this game because a lot of these guys they don't have a ton of experience. No. You know, they're fresh names. Oklahoma City, this is going to be their bottoming out moment. And when you see the draft capital they have coming. I don't know how long they'll stay down. I think they'll they'll flip it around pretty good if Sam Presti, you know, makes some savvy moves. But tonight's game, Bowler, we're going to be talking about you know players that I, I know I definitely had to look into. I mean, as as great as Moses Brown is, I'm not following him on a nightly basis. Moses Brown, know. undrafted out of UCLA. Uh, hey, Gordo, I'll pay you a buck and a half if you can tell me the starting guard tonight for Oklahoma City point guard. Uh, I already looked it up, but I don't remember it, so it was not exactly memorable. Teo Maladone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. It's Maladone. We were calling him Maladon. I think I called him Maledon to begin with. Maledon. <laughs> I didn't like, you know. Yeah. He'll answer to both. No, he's out of France. And, again, a young rookie, second-round pick. Uh, he's 19. He'll be 20 in June. Yeah, so as you say about prepping, these are the type of games that kind of spooked me a little bit, again, because we've seen teams, hey, look, you're in the NBA for a reason. The Jazz will be a bit shorthanded tonight, especially off the bench that didn't fare well last night against the Wizards. And you never know. All these guys know one thing, as Jerry Sloan always said. This always sticks in all of our minds. You know, you're always auditioning every time you hit the floor. There's another 29 teams looking for good talent. And so this is a game you still have to take and, and, and play and play through. Look, Conley and Mitchell in the backcourt, great. Royce, uh, probably Mieoni gets a ton of time. Ersan Ilyasova gets minutes and probably Matt Thomas as well and maybe a, a few others. So this will be another opportunity, guys, to see – the depth of this Jazz team, which has been one of their one of their highlights of the year thus far, so they're going to need it tonight. It was so Bowler. Oh, sorry, sorry. Gordon. No, no, no. You, you go for it. I I just wanted to know after watching what happened last night, Bowler, why can't the Jazz beat the Washington Wizards? I have one word. It just it's speed, speed. I mean, Beal and, and Westbrook are ridiculous when it comes to confidence that run downhill, as we've heard that cliche multiple times. But the Jazz struggle with teams with fast backcourts. Look at what C.J. McCollum and, and Damian Lillard bring. Even though the Jazz win, they still have issues with teams that jump off of a rebound and just take it with, not, with no consideration for their body, by the way. I mean, they, right. just, they run it down your throat. And you have got to get in a transition defense. And the Jazz have been struggling with that. And, you know, uh, turnovers last night, 14, which is doable, but they still scored 20. So they they make you pay with any little mistake. And Westbrook goes triple-double nearly in the first half, mind you. And he's just still got it. And so does Beal. Beal had been out six of the last eight with hip and back problems. He looked smooth as he could last night. They combined for 59. And, and, and Donovan can only do so much. I mean, he starts strong. He ended incredibly. He scored half of his points in the fourth. But it still wasn't enough, and you lose by four. So, Bowler, then the next question is, is there a team that will present that same kind of problem for the Jazz 
in the playoffs. Well, Denver may have, but Jamal's out now, ACL tear. That's a horrific, horrific moment for him. Uh, Going down that road a few times myself, and I, I... I'd say his pain level was huge. It'll be interesting to see the damage that occurred last night. Sometimes an ACL pop, you don't, I mean, from my, from where I was, I didn't really even have much pain. I knew it. I heard it. But on a course like that, when you impact injury may be a little bit more different than the force of having it go out, come back, or go side, you know, he may have more. I hope he doesn't. Uh, but, man, it's a shame. He's a talent. I like him. I like the way that Denver plays, but it's a huge blow to where the Denver Nuggets uh, are, are going to be and where their, where their season and postseason is, is headed. Um, but, you know, it's I'm trying to think, Gordon. I mean, if you take John Morant, uh, for example, in Memphis, maybe a little bit, but I still think the Jazz handle it in the first round. Second round, you start getting into whether who gets knocked out, Phoenix. I tell you, the Booker – the Booker-Chris Paul matchup's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you have to just kind of, you know, hopefully figure it out, and you're going to have to make shots. And the Jazz have not been consistent. If you're going to live by that three, you've got to make sure on a given night, you can have one player off or two, but not not all six of your sharpshooters. And sometimes it's kind of a weird thing that kind of trickle-down effect. And it's, it's, it's bit the Jazz more than once of late. Yeah. See, that's why, that's why when people talk about the amount of shots that Donovan takes, uh, sometimes it's unfair because I think he's looking around at his teammates going, okay, who's going to help me here? And, and if, if nobody else or, well, last night uh, uh, Bogdanovich was helping. But, I mean, he looked around and said, okay, I need to, I need to carry a, a, a larger load than I normally would uh, for my team tonight. So – I don't know, two ways of looking at it. When he shoots 30-plus shots, some people say, oh, you're, you're playing hero ball, you're, you're hogging the ball, whatever, and others can look around and say, okay, well, where else are the points going to come from? I think it's where his shots come from. Huh. I, I really do. I mean, are they coming from within the offense? Are they, you know, is he taking the ball down and uh, no pass possessions? We talk a lot about that, that sort of thing. I think it's it's where those come from. I uh, I told Gordon this earlier, Bowler, maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but, uh, you know, he had 40 points against the Wizards the last time, the first time these teams played, and that felt like a little bit of a selfish game from Donovan. I don't want to come off overly critical. I mean, he did score 40 points. I felt entirely differently about last night's game. I didn't, I didn't think he got that 40 and those 30 shots in a selfish way at all. Oh, I thought he had to work extremely hard. Yeah. And, you know, and to your point, to the conversation about 30 shots per game, I tell you one thing about Donovan is when you have that type of ability to score in bunches, your teammates sometimes will look and, and, and play flat-footed. And what I mean by that is the shot clock runs low and they look and they, you know, they may hesitate. Uh, and so who ends up with the ball late in a shot clock? It's, it's yeah. Donovan Mitchell. And many of those times, you know, there's a little hero at, at once in a while with a, with a three made and, and he beats the shot clock. But many times he forces up those shots, which just only adds to the total number of shots he's taken. There's probably four, three or four times a night where Donovan gets stuck with the ball, looking at the clock, and there's three to shoot. Who else is he going to give it to? He's going to take the shot. But he's a high-volume shooter. Uh, Jordan Clarkson didn't play, so some of those shots have to be distributed, and so did Mike. Mike Conley was out uh, as well last night. So, yeah, more shots for Mitchell. I, I, I pretty much expected that type of shot, you know, shot selection or number of shots. I wasn't, I was not uh, 
surprised. I was surprised to see him get out of the gate so fast and then go stone cold. Yeah. And first and fourth quarters were unbelievable. In between, it's like, what? Yep. And that's something, again, Donovan continues to work on is the consistency. And we've seen more of it of late. But that was a drastic uh, departure from what we've seen, even though the points were there. And he's doing marvelous things. I mean, he's up in the Carl Malone era right now where he's had four straight games of 35 or more, Jake and, and Gordo. And only Carl Malone did that. Yeah. I mean, five, four games in a row back in you know, the, the, the early 90s. I mean, that's which is amazing. It's amazing what Donovan is doing and scoring. But again, it's like who's coming along. And last night, except for bogey, there wasn't much. The bench only had 14 points. And that's a that's a rare, a rare thing, too, without Clarkson, by the way. Well, Bowler, have a wonderful call tonight. And hey, enjoy a couple of days off after tonight. Yeah, it's going to be strange. Uh, Not, you know, we've been going four and six, you know, four games, six nights. But yeah, uh, Gordo, I'll, I'll give you a quiz later on that backcourt of Oklahoma City, all right? <laughs> and then I want you to know that Lou Gintz Dort's, uh Dort will be there. He had 20-26 against the Jazz. We have not seen the Thunder, by the way, since uh, way back on December 28th. That, to me, seems like a, 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 a lifetime ago. It does. Yeah. He was good. He was, Jake and Dort. I were talking about that bowler. Oh, he was good that Dort night, played big. Yeah, yeah, Dort played big. But there's a lot of guys. I mean, hi, Luke. is another kid out of Kansas who was a Laker, uh, and now he's – you know, with Oklahoma City, there's a lot of no-namers, but kids, I shouldn't call them kids, young men who are all fighting for one thing, and that's a roster spot. Mm. Well, they'll they'll play hard. They I will. guarantee that. They'll, Absolutely. They'll play hard. Thanks, Bowler. Appreciate you. Hey, Gordon, I hope you look okay. <laughs> <laughs> send right, send me a photo. Yeah. <laughs> Selfie. Send it on I'm, over. I'm going to sneak behind, uh, behind you on camera okay. and wave to everybody. You got it, yeah. man. You All right. got it. All right, pal. See you soon. Not Sports Board next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for the Nod Sports Report here on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Nod Sports Report brought to you by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going across the pond to the Isle of of Man. Okay. So before I tell the story of what happened here, let me ask you a question, Jake. Have you ever done anything for a woman that you later regretted? Done anything for a woman that I later regretted? Mm -hmm. Um, Or on account of a woman? Wow. It it seems to me like there should be uh, an answer here, but I'm struggling to come up with one. Austin, anything Uh, apply to you there? Pick your category. Yeah, I've been there. I've done (laughs) it. I've regretted it. Can you give us any detail? Oh, one of the dumbest thing I ever did was uh, I I liked this girl who really was into tongue rings. And uh, I started to go get my tongue pierced and then chickened out. So then I bought a fake tongue ring and tried to (laughs) fool her into thinking I had my tongue pierced. That's kind of funny. It didn't work. No? Why? How'd she find you out? Because they don't make great fake tongue rings back when I was shopping for them. She sure said, why, why, is your, why is your tongue ring moving around? <laughs> as I said, as I was talking to her, it kind of fell out of my mouth. So it didn't work out Whoops. too well. Yeah. 
I thought were you playing tonsil hockey or something? What was going on there? All right. Uh, Jake, do you have a story? <laughs> what? <laughs> HR, <right>. line six. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you why I asked such a dumb question, all right? I don't know if you heard this story. <laughs> Probably didn't. But a fellow by the name of Dale McLaughlin, 28, well, he wanted to see his this girl that he thought he was in love with. The problem was that she lived like 28 miles across a body of water. Let me see if I can find Wait, out. Wait, didn't this already make it into the non-sports board where he went on no. a jet ski? No, I've never told this story. Yeah, this definitely was because I, I noticed this the other day when there was an update to this story. I you never ab- told. I've never seen this story before. Absolutely- it must have been on. It must have been on old old world news or whatever. Whole world news. I shared a story once about a guy in Canada who he was in the U.S. She was in Canada, and he would go jet skiing between and and got arrested I for crossing this, the border. I thought it was in the U.K. during the coronavirus, and he got in trouble for violating coronavirus protocols because he jet-skied around to, to visit this gal. <laughs> I, I swear to you, i Is I've that the story? That's story. the story, yes. We did it for a Not Sports Report. I promise you we did. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. Maybe somebody else did no, it. No, you absolutely did. Anyway, sorry. I once again stepped on your story. I apologize. All right, well, that's Wait, it. Is, yeah, is this a situation? We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move <laughs> no, on. No, we've just heard it once. And and by the way, it's okay to do updates on the Not Sports Report story. <laughs> right. I love your stories, well, there, Gordon. Please okay, tell well, another. Well, there is, there is an update to it. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll continue on in spite of you. Thanks for ruining that, Jake. <laughs> I, I swear you've done Radio this. is in linear. <laughs> Well, maybe from last Thursday to now it is. Huh? Uh, but anyway, so so this guy was in love. Uh, he he uh, skirted coronavirus, uh, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he, he, he traveled 27 miles on a jet ski, and he didn't know how to swim, and he'd never been on a jet ski before. But he was so so deeply in love with Jessica, who did live on the Isle of Man. And so he went to all that trouble. Man, can you imagine going on a jet ski across 27 miles of water and you don't know how to swim? Well, anyway, he did get in trouble. He, uh, I think he spent three days in jail for seems, that. Seems a little strict, no? All for Jessica. And then, as it turns out, um, he, uh, well, he just broke up. He broke up with her. See, Jessica uh, had, uh, he thought he was in love with her, but apparently, allegedly, she had some problems. She was charged with attacking another woman in her hometown there. But uh, he decided, uh, even though he thought he was in love and he went to all the trouble to do what he did, he's no longer in love with her. And so it does not have a happy ending. Well, if those two crazy kids can't make it in this world, I don't know what that says for the rest of us. I don't remember what, this what, uh, what, If uh, I told you this story before, it seems totally new to me. Would you break up with a woman because she assaulted another woman? It would depend. <laughs> uh, would that be that a deal might, breaker for you? I don't know the details. You know, I don't know the details. So if did it were a, a justified fight, then you'd be fine. <laughs> did the other woman deserve it? I don't know. This is your story. I don't know. It doesn't give the details of that. Actually, I could click on that, but I really don't want to. But they they just didn't they didn't make it out. They broke up. 
they broke up after all that trouble. And so that's why I wondered if you guys had ever gone to some great lengths or spent a large amount of money on a woman to try and impress her. And I can see Austin's head nodding. I mean, uh, there, there was the time in high school, this same girl that I was really into was she wanted to go to the Josh Groban concert so bad. And so uh, I thought, oh, how hard can it be to find some Josh Groban to add an opera singer who they're going to give these things for free. Uh, I didn't know anything about him. And so I got on a, an aftermarket scalping kind of thing. And before I knew it, I was up over $300. It was one of those kind of Ebays where they bid, I bid. And, right. and then, you know, being 17, I won the, won the tickets, but I didn't have 300 something dollars. So mom and dad bought them and I promised to pay them back and that's never happened. <laughs> Still, do they still hold uh, it over your head? They, they now they'll remember if they're listening today. Uh, and to make insult to injury, we ran into her old boyfriend at the concert that night, and that weekend they hooked back up. Oh, that's a, <laughs> I, I'll tell you. The only thing but, I, I can think of that really fits this bill is, and it's nowhere near as good as that, that's for sure. I, I bought a very thoughtful, what I considered a very thoughtful gift, and the girl broke up with me like a week later. And I 100% thought, how am I getting that gift back? Not because I didn't want, not because I wanted the gift for myself, mind you, but because I did not want her to have it. So that, I love that attitude. Yeah. So, 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 which would be worse? You going to all this trouble or expense or whatever the sacrifice is for what you think is love, which is worse? Her to break up with you or you to end up breaking up with her? What do you mean by worse? Which, which which would hurt your feelings more? Which would why which would it would hurt you... your feelings to break up with somebody? Because you went to all the trouble. I mean, this seems like a, a no brainer thing. It's always worse to get broken up with. What I mean, what are you are you yeah, saying? It's you, hard then, to break up with somebody. No, no, I'm saying that then you have if, if you're the one that breaks up with her, then you're the one that has, you have no one to blame but yourself for investing so much into it. I mean, it's rarely fun to be the dumper. It's never fun to be the dumpy. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> to be yeah, dumped upon. For, this isn't for, even a, a conversation. Yeah. Hey, let's say, let's say that uh, what's something that would really be a sacrifice for me? This is your opportunity to make a story. I was going to say, no more butler vacations. <laughs> you can't mention California on the show ever again. <laughs> he said hard, not impossible. <laughs> if, I, if I went to some great trouble for a woman that I thought I was in love with, and, 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 and really, it, 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 uh, I gave so much that it hurt. And then I'm the one who breaks up with her? Then then I'm going to kick myself for that. I don't want to kick myself. If she breaks up with me, then it's not my fault. That's if I break true. up with her, it's my fault. That's not true either. But, yeah, I would 100%. Well, why, why, why isn't it true? Well, because if you break up with her because she's sleeping with your brother... Well, then that's her fault now, isn't it? No, but I just, it's my fault that I invested all that in. I, okay, under certain circumstances. It's never, but if it's just, ever, but if ever I take, if I, I just come to the, I just come to the, I know, I just come to the conclusion that I'm not interested after everything I've done, then I would be angry at myself. And I would rather be angry at, Austin, I'm talking your language. I'd rather be mad at someone else than mad at myself. Gordon, you were not a victim for breaking up with your girlfriend in college. This hurts me more than it hurts you, <laughs> yeah, baby. That's not that's not how it works. <laughs> you want to just be friends? 
All right. I'm sorry I brought this. I had like five candidates for this today, and I chose this one. Boy, am I happy about that. Well, there's a reason you chose it, because it obviously jumped out at you before, too. Yeah, but, okay. If I did it twice, then I... I at least, <laughs> I at least gave an update to the story. This reminds me of one time, really, when I was writing for the Tribune, I wrote a uh, in-depth feature. Do you remember I used to do those Monson People pieces? Do you remember that, Jake? Yes. They were okay. You don't. No, so I'm I sorry. Used, I was talking to I, well, I Austin used, and I were communicating about how late we are and what we have coming up in the show. So I didn't I hear the question you asked me. I'm, I'm sorry. Of a story here. It's yeah, five oh four. All right, never mind. Good. You you wrote you wrote features. I, I cut that part <laughs> for the L.A. Times. I, it's it's a self deprecating story that I don't feel like sharing right now. I'm not pouting though. Uh-huh. But Austin's it's, it's in a hurry. Let's go. Kind of pouting. Austin's we, in a hurry. Austin's in a hurry. Let's listen to the man. Let's go. You wrote for the L.A. Times? That's it. No. <laughs> what? What, one of these what? days you guys are going to accomplish what your aim is, and that is for me to quit this show. Oh, oh Gordon. But we're not pouting. Oh, <laughs> not pouting at all. Come Here on. Here I am in the middle of sharing me, pouring my heart out to our listeners, and you're sitting there listening to what Austin's telling you. Well, yeah, you know we we have a job to do. We have clients that have paid money jo- to be heard. Jo- job one for you is, and job one for me is for us to listen to each other. Oh, I'm holding you to that. Pull that. I think Jim Hart was quarterback. That wasn't you. Advertise with the zone. You'll get heard after Gordon tells his ninth story in the last four <laughs> minutes. Hey. Those ads are going to get played. <laughs> Who cares if they're three minutes Just off? At this target? point, tell us yeah, the story. Yeah, tell us the story. No, no. Don't no, pout. No, no, no. Nope. You missed out on your opportunity no. there. I'm sure, Austin, you would have been sitting on the edge of your too. seat, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. story I've heard. Okay. Well, I guess we're not going to get it. Nope. Uh, we'll get some more jazz coming up next. 97.5 <laughs> and 12. Well, you're going to get it all right.